Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm really excited to talk with Gina Rodriguez, the author of Hashtag Teacher Tired. Um, and we're going to talk about all kinds of things related to, you know, how do we deal with um, the stress and just the exhaustion uh, that comes around with teaching? How do we find strength when we're just just beyond exhausted? So, uh, Gina, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on and have this chance to talk with you. Uh, before we get started, can you share just a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. So my name is Gina Rodriguez. I am a military spouse. I have five sons and a bonus daughter um, from my husband. Um, I teach elementary education. I did teach one year high school math, but that was the year that just that you know let let me see that I was made to teach elementary education. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I love weightlifting, I love reading, and I love spicy food. So that's a little, that's me in a nutshell right there. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't I didn't um, tell you I was going to ask this, but could you share just very briefly what led you to write this book? So I have been teaching over 15 years. This is actually my, starting my 16th year teaching. And I, for a while, the past couple of years, I was just feeling this, um, I had a lot of tension and conflict inside of me. It was like, I knew, I felt like God had called me to teach and it was something I wanted to do, but the burnout was real. I was getting very tired. Um, I didn't have passion for what I was doing anymore. And the more that I, you know, we live in this social digital world and I was seeing everybody else's lifestyle. I started questioning like, God, is this really what I want to do anymore? And it was from that point that I said, you know what, Lord, I, I need you to help me to have passion for what I do. And in my journey and just, Uh, in my prayer time and just spending time with the Lord, I felt this need to just want to write and say, you know, I wonder if there's other people that feel this too. I wonder if there's other people that feel that extra, that pressure and just feel tired or lose passion, get into a rut where they're just going in, going out, but they don't love, they don't like what they're doing anymore. And it's, it's just, the joy is gone. So I felt in my heart that lead to want to write. And then I just, every day, a little bit, every day I started writing and just writing. And then it became a a book. That's awesome. I know it's just so special when God, you know, kind of puts something on your heart and then leads you to write it. And if you guys listening want to get Gina's book, you can grab it on Amazon. Just search for hashtag teacher tired, or we're going to link to it also in the notes from this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash one six two. So Gina, in your book, you talk a lot about prayer and the word. Can you share a little bit about how these have helped you as a teacher? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I, I growing up, I always felt like, you know, ministry, I think sometimes we always tend to confine it to like the pastor, worship leader, people that work inside of the building, right. Of a church or something. But, you know, as we get older and we mature, we realize that we are the body of Christ. We are the church. We are, you know, a living letter. We are the light into the darkness. And I know that for me, I have always felt like in order for me to keep my grounding, I need to make sure I'm in the word of God. I need to make sure I'm praying for guidance. My first couple of years of teaching were just so rough. Like we have these years. My first year was actually pretty good. 
Um, and my second year was when everything just like hit the ceiling. And I was like, what? I, I can't do this. And I write about this in the book more in detail. But I just remember just crying, going to work and saying, I, I just I'm not happy, Lord. I, I couldn't even find my footing. And it was in that moment where prayer became like very intentional. I have to pray. God, help me with these parents. Help me with my class. Help me with planning. Help me with management. Um, and that was when I just kind of fell in love. I, I, I found my dependence that I needed God in every area of my life, even my career. Yeah. And I think it is so easy sometimes to separate that, right? To say, okay, you know, God is, I, I go to church on Sunday or I, I pray every day, but like, okay, now I'm at work. But right. I, it's so key to everything, as to not just to our faith, but to our life to realize that, no, it's, you know, our faith impacts everything. And God cares about the most mundane details of our of our classroom yeah, and everything, and every little class. detail. Yeah, like yeah. how do I plan for this? Lord, help me. I don't have an idea. Can you give me an idea? And he's he's there, like he's with us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, in your book, you you also talk a little bit about um, this perspective of how you know there's often this this thought that God has been taken out of the public schools. <laughs> but right. you share kind of your, can you share a little bit of your thoughts that you shared in yes. your book on that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I know that I was, I've always taught in a public school setting. I actually teach my whole career. Most of my career has been teaching military kids because my husband is in the active duty army. Um, we move a lot, but I've been so fortunate, so blessed that he continues to put me in the military community. So I work for Department of Defense Schools right now. Um, I've always worked in the public school setting. And I feel like because we are believers, like when God places that, wherever he places us, that is our mission field, right? That's where yes. we represent him wherever we go. And I just, I remember going to a Bible study and a lot of the women, they did not, you know, they, they didn't work. They felt, you know, they were at home. And I remember feeling guilty, like, God, maybe I shouldn't be working and I shouldn't be doing this. And I felt like the Lord was like, no, I, I'm placing you there because you're needed there. And I remember it like meeting parents and being able to say, you know, what, I'm going to, I'll, I'll pray for you. I mean, even though this is a public school setting, I could still say, you know, I, I'll pray for you. Or I could be that word of encouragement that maybe they wouldn't have had. And I remember feeling like, you know what, God, I do have the desire to serve you, but I'm working all the time. And I felt like God was like, you are serving me. You are helping me. Like maybe you're not on a pulpit or you're not, you know, in this mission team, but your job where you are, that is your mission field. You know, you are serving me there. So that was a big eye opener for me with how I am bringing God into the public school setting, how where we are as believers, we are shining that light. So you can't take God out as long as we are there as believers representing him and all that we do. I agree 100%. Actually, our podcast episode just before this was about that, about how teaching is a ministry. Um, right. and, if, if we view it as that, you know, sometimes we don't, but we absolutely can and should because um, it's where God, it's what God has given us. It's our, you know, our life's work. Uh, it's all, it all goes together. That's, yes. that's, that's amazing. You know, this last year and into the new year, there's been so much divide in our mm -hmm. country, but in your book, you share a story about how the word university was coined for our higher education system. Can you share a little bit about that? So I was, um, I love listening like to different podcasts and speakers and one apologetic speaker, he was talking about the term university and how that, you know, we always think of it university as, you know, the high institution for higher learning, but it also 
talks about um, like a body of persons constituting a, a community of learning. And so a body of persons mean there's all these different individuals, different backgrounds, different ideas and how they come together. And so he was saying how the term university encompasses the whole idea of unity in diversity. You have this whole community of different people, but there is unity even within the diversity. And so I remember thinking that was so neat because that's what we aim for in life. We aim, you know, we want to have unity, but that doesn't mean we're all going to be the same. That doesn't mean we're all going to do things exactly the same way. And so I kind of took that within as far as in the book, I write more about it. How do we collaborate with other teachers? How do we work with people that are different than us and have different opinions? What does God say about that? Like, how do we as representative, representatives of Christ, how do we act and speak when there are other people that maybe think differently than us? You know, what's the standard that he's called us to? Yeah, that's so important because I think that's one one thing that can really, you know, contribute to our frustration and, and that, that's our exhaustion is sometimes when we when we disagree with someone and we let that just really like really bother us, you know, it's like, we can't, we can't get beyond it. Like, it's just, it's just like this huge tension. I know you go into it way more in your book and this could, this could be a whole nother podcast episode, but can you share maybe just one or two of your like top pieces of advice for teachers that are, you know, that are facing that, facing that, um, you know, clash of opinions or a clash of viewpoints. Right. So one thing that has really, I mean, again, we're going to talk a lot, just say prayer and I don't want to, you know, I've seen people say like, oh, that's just, you're just throwing prayer out there. You're, or they'll say things like, don't Jesus juke people. I don't really know what that means. And I'm like, what are you talking about, right? You're not, don't just throw it out there. But the truth is that I believe prayer does change us. So when I have had conflict, because it happens, you know, we're not all the same. Again, there's that diversity with people and opinions and thoughts. But I really do, when I get offended with something, I have to take it to the Lord and I have to pray like, God, please show me help me how to respond and how to speak in this situation because I don't want to react out of anger and offense because that will not come out good. Like if I react out of anger and offense, Lord, it will do more damage to me than it will with um, making any, getting any type of point across. And more than that, like I could not represent you well. And that is important to me. Like we are Christ ambassadors, right? We, we represent him. So I think one of the big thing I would say, if anyone is dealing with conflict and offense and feels like it's not fair and you want to get your point across, you may be right, but the first step should always be God. Like, please settle my heart and mind, please. Holy spirit work through me, help the words that I say be beneficial to those that hear me speak. I mean, that's in the Bible right? It says that yeah. the words that you speak be beneficial. So Lord, right now, if I'm in a, in a, a state of mind where the words I want to speak are not beneficial, beneficial, and it's more out of anger to prove a point, then please help me not speak, like help me stop. And we may feel like that's an injustice or people are getting away with stuff. But in the same sense, I feel like, no, I'd rather act in wisdom than act foolishly and regret it later. So yes, Oh, I love that you picked that as your as your top piece of advice because that's so true. I mean, I think even as like even those of us that that know the value of prayer, sometimes even in our minds we're like, oh yeah, I know I should pray about it, but but what do I do? You know, yeah. <laughs> and we just gloss over that sometimes. And mm -hmm. it's really is the most important, powerful 
thing to, and, and like you said, to do it first, because out of that, when we calm and calm ourselves and bring it to God, like out of that can flow the Holy Spirit's wisdom to, right. to show us what step, you know, what step we need to go. Um, right. sometimes it's hard to know. Yeah. And help us with compassion. Cause maybe we're not understanding the other person's point of view. Maybe it's not in even our human strength to do that because we're so upset, but then through prayer, like you said, it's, it's, it's a way for us to get that wisdom. Like he's the source of our wisdom. Yes. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, but I, I have a feeling we're not going to be switching gears that much, but, um, you know, here at Teach with the Heart, we just recently did a workshop called the Tame Your To-Do List System. And mm-hmm. as you know, in mentioning your book, I mean, teachers always have a million plates spinning. Can you right. share a little bit of your experience with this and what has helped you develop a sense of calm and that groundedness amidst all the busyness? All right. So one of the things that I've had to come to terms with, and I don't know if you've um taking one of those Enneagram number tests. I know those are big right now. And a lot of people take these personality tests, but one of the things that I know for me and maybe other people, we want to get, see as much as we can do and get things done. And sometimes you you have all these pressures, like you have to do this, you have to do, do that. And I think one of the things that I've had to remind myself is that I am human. I am not perfect. I can show myself grace. Um, I do, you know, try to make it a point where I, I, I start off my morning with, you know, prayer and, and reading the, the word. But I also realize that even though people, you know, we know we can do anything. What's the saying? You can do anything, but you can't do everything. So I really try to ask God to help me. Okay, what are the must do's? What are the, the things that are a priority in my life and help me to get those done and not feel like I have to keep up with what I see other people are doing? Um, you know, I write about that more in the book in the chapter called to be the one, but in order to help me not feel so overwhelmed, I have to remember what are my priorities? What is important versus, you know, what's urgent? Like what's important for me to get done, God? What is, I don't want to spread myself so thin trying to do everything. So I think if there's, you know, whoever's listening to this really, I mean, if it takes time and say, God, okay, what are my priorities? What's my vision? What are the things that I have to get done? Um, And teaching, you know, they have us right now, I'm teaching virtually online And just this week, like I had a challenge where they were saying, you got to keep going and pacing. You got to do all this stuff. And I was really overwhelmed and, you know, again, offended, uh, bitter because you're, you're, you know, you feel like it's unfair, all these demands placed on you. And then I had to stop and say, okay, God, how am I going to do this? Like, they're telling me I have to do this. I don't think this is right, but Lord, I need you to help me because I need to be effective with my teaching. So I think one of the the things I would say is just to show yourself grace, think about what the priorities are. And even when it comes to teaching, what are the main focus things? And if you can't get to everything, it's okay. It's okay. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do every single thing. Yes. I love that advice. That was one of the key things in our workshop is realizing that you can't do everything. If you try to do everything, you're going to, you're going to drop some plates and you just don't get to pick which ones, you know, if you instead stop and look and and make, make intentional choices and pray about it, then you can, you know, kind of at least pick the things that, that matter most to you. That's, that's great. You know, you, you mentioned being the one, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So in the book, it's one of that chapter was kind of is embarrassing to write because I had to kind of confess. Um, and I don't know if other teachers have felt this, but I, I went through a phase where 
I did want to be the one teacher. I worked in a military community school. Again, I lived within the community. I witnessed and heard firsthand how parents, people would rank teachers. So I got into this mindset of like, well, I want to be the number one ranked and I want to be the most wanted teacher. And I, you know, and so my prior, so I started getting this, this constant thing in my head that I had to prove something like I am a good enough teacher. I am doing enough enough. See, look at me, look at me. Like I'm doing all these things, but really what it led to was more burnout and you know, just within the the team, there can be a sense of competition when it doesn't have to be like that. There, it, it doesn't have to be a competition. There was no need for me to feel this pressure. I was putting it on myself. And I feel like we have to remember there's nobody that we're trying to impress when, you know, and, and that's what I love about the word of God. He says, you know, we are in Christ. We are complete having everything we need. That's in um, Colossians 2.10. And I remember reading that scripture and saying, I am complete. Like if people don't notice the hard work, if if I'm not doing what, let's say, Miss So-and-so is doing, it's okay because I can't drive myself crazy trying to do everything to prove a point that I should be ranked number one or I'm going to be the one teacher everyone wants because honestly, I'm not made for every single person. You know, I'm not going to not, you know, we hear the saying that everyone's going to like you. So I had to shift my gears and saying, God, please work on my heart. Please work on my intention. And if there's something in me that makes me want to do more and more so that I feel like good enough, then that's a sign that there's other issues that I need to work on, you know, and I don't want to go down that road. So the Lord really had to work on me with that, with saying, you know what, it's okay if another teacher gets recognition, recognition, it's okay if I can't do what everyone else is doing. But am I giving my best in what the Lord has put me in? And yes, that's my goal. I want to give my best to the best. And he's the best. So he's the person that I'm trying to give my best for. I love that because because you're right. So many times, whether it's the desire to be the one or, or like there's so many different different ways, I think we attach our identity to an accomplishment as a teacher yeah. or as an individual, you know, and it, it looks a little different for everybody. But I think so many of us can relate to that. I know I dealt with the same thing. And and kind of just going, like working through that, like you said, taking it to God and, and letting go of, you know, giving him those kind of idols that we make up in our minds can free us. Yeah. Like you said, it's really like we are, we aren't called to a specific result. We're called to do our best for him, you know, and, right. and then he he'll take that and do with it what he will. So that's right. really great. So as we finish up today, um, this has been so good, but I know we can't take forever. So what would you say to a teacher who's just really struggling and they're maybe thinking about quitting or or maybe they thought they were called to teach, but now, you know, they're crying almost every day or not feeling motivated. Um, what word would you have for them? So I would tell you, if you're listening right now, you are not alone. There is nothing wrong with you. Um, I feel like A lot of times, especially in this profession, it is a hard profession, but it is a noble profession. And if you are in the trenches right now feeling like you can't do it or you picked the wrong thing or you messed up, please know, number one, um, Isaiah 59, one promises us the, the Lord says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. And so my first thing I would tell you is that he hears you and he sees you and you know, whether you think, oh, I messed up, I got in the wrong profession. Our God is so great. He can make plan B even be better than plan A. Like there is no mess up or mistake that he can't course correct. 
and bless. And so what I, I would just want to remind you that he hears you. He see, he sees you. Um, he can take the position we're in right now and still give us a sense of joy and peace because that's who he is. And so I would just advise, like, spend time in the word, see what God promises us, see what he he wants to tell you and then hold on to that as you go through, you know, this season of teaching, because maybe he is calling you out and maybe he isn't. But in the meantime, we are responsible for the now. So what are we going to do now with the time that's given with us? So I would say ground yourself, find scripture that helps calm your mind. And I would just remind you that you're not alone. And he's he's great. He's so big that he can take things and he can turn them around in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. That's just amazing. <laughs> you know, you also share in your book a little bit about how your experience um, with fear and hardship um, led you to find comfort in the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Can you share that with us as we finish up? Okay. So yeah, I would love to, because that's actually probably my fit, my favorite part of the book. Um, I, so as we know, not all educators make a lot of money and um, depending on, you know, your state or your district, I mean, it can be very hard financially. I mean, that's just the truth. It's hard. It can be difficult. I am married to an enlisted soldier. So I write about how there was a season like we were really struggling financially. And in my in my head, I said, OK, God, I, I want to be a, a principal. I'm going to see ways I can make more money. And I was just planning, planning, planning. But I was planning without the Lord. And he led me. I read um, the story about how Jesus fed 5,000 five loaves, two fish. And I don't know why I've heard that story before. Like I'm sure many people have, but it was in that moment, like we are broke. We, we have two kids. I'm paying for daycare. I mean, we're barely making it. And I'm reading that story. And I feel like God's like, why can't you believe that I can take a little bit, your little and take care of you? Why can't you believe that of me? Like, do you believe what you're reading right now? And I really had to stop and say, you know what, Lord, I don't want to run ahead of you. I don't want to plan my life without you. And I believe if I believe what the word says that you can take those five loaves and two fish and you can like abundantly provide, then I believe you can take my paycheck, my husband's enlisted paycheck, and somehow you will abundantly provide too, because you're God, like that's how big you are. And so I just, you know, when I get scared because it happens, you know, things can be uncertain. Uh, this last year, 2020, we saw how many things were shaken and people lost their jobs and stuff. But I had to hold on to the word and say, you know what, God, five loaves, two fish. You did it then. You can do it today. You did it then. You're the same today. So, God, take what I have, the little that I have, whatever I have, and I give it to you to multiply and bless. I'll do my part, you know, I'll give my best, but I trust you for the rest. I trust you to do your part. And he, and he's a faithful God. He's faithful. Yes. Yeah. I found that, that, um, I was gonna say parable. It's not a parable. It's a story, true story. Um, so helpful too. I don't know if you guys have been following, um, the series, the chosen, but the director of that has used that same illustration so many times. He said, he felt like God was telling him, you know, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. It's just mm -hmm. to bring the loaves and the fish. And I've thought a lot about that too. It's just Ooh, been such a helpful cool. illustration. You know, it's not your job. To, <laughs> it's your, our job is just to bring what we have and to lay it at his feet and say, God, you have me today. Here's what I have. It's yours. And and you do you do with it what you want. You you know, you feed two, you feed you feed five thousand. It's it's up to you. And 
and allow allow him to work. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for being here. This has been such a help, uh, so helpful. Where can people best connect with you and find your book? All right. So you can find my book on Amazon. Um, Just type in hashtag teacher tired and it will pull up. Um, I am on Instagram, uh, Gina Rodriguez 316. And that's pretty much um, what I use. Um, Again, writing a book was not something I ever thought I would do. So the Lord just used uh, just the fact, you know, me being a teacher writing this out. And I really believe it is something that will help us know that we're not alone, get grounded in the word and do our best now, even as we wait for something else in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we're going to link to that and we'll link to your Instagram too, if that's okay at uh, teachfortheheart.com slash one six two. If you guys need help finding those links, anything else you'd like to share as we finish this conversation? Um, the last thing I will share one scripture, you guys, I don't know if you can tell I'm all about these Bible verses, right? The word, um, just remember I was, I was praying about our podcast today and praying just about us talking and the scripture that came to my mind was Proverbs 35, which says every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Every word of God proves true. So just remember that. And yeah, I'll leave it with that. Thanks so much, Gina. We often close our podcasts in prayer. Would you mind praying um, for us and for the teachers listening before we, we finish up? Yeah, definitely. Lord, I just thank you so much um, for this time with Linda. I thank you for every listener, every person who is hearing this right now. I pray, God, that you would bless educators nationwide across the world. I pray right now, God, that whatever you have given and entrusted to us, Lord, that we would be faithful, that we would be doers of your word, that you would help us to be that light shining on a hill, Lord. I pray right now that any concerns, any overwhelming feelings, God, we just give it to you and ask you, God, to break any strongholds, to help us, Lord, to give our best now, to see you for who you are, to walk with you, God, and to enjoy fellowship with you. May you bless us, bless our families, our careers, and everything around us, Lord. May you help us put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Gina. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. I know I sure did. Um, you, once again, don't forget to check out Gina's book, hashtag teacher tired, and you can get all the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash 162. Well, thank you guys so much. I look forward to being with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.